Welcome to Kara's Cure. So do you ever sit around and wonder what you're going to do someday, but you're struggling to find the time and a way to kickstart the plan? Well, welcome to the Kara's Cures podcast and digital show where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services, and I'm happy to be joined in person with Connecticut author Matthew Dix. Uh, and it's wonderful. I know you've written books that have gone all over the world, but you happen to be here. So I'm happy to have you with us to talk about random minutes that really translate to pockets of productivity. Thank yeah. you for being with us. Thank you. It's great to be in person. Yeah, yeah. So for those who might be listening on the podcast, um, I'm holding up the book, but it's called Someday Is Today, 22 Simple, Actionable Ways to Propel, to propel Your Creative Life. What do you mean by someday is today? I think I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it now. It's, uh, it's that idea that someday is sort of a trap. It's an excuse for pro procrastination. It's the, it's the excuse that you don't do something today, assuming there is a tomorrow. And hopefully there's a tomorrow for you, but that's not always the case. Yeah. And I think people run out of time. Well, and we all have dreams, right? Many of us have a dream to do what you've done, to write a book. And uh, you have many other hats. I should tell people you know a little bit about something about doing this because um, can you just list some of the roles and jobs <laughs> you have? There's so many. <laughs> well, I'm an elementary school teacher uh -huh. and I'm a public speaker and I do some consulting with corporations on communication. My wife and I run a storytelling organization here in Connecticut. We produce shows. I'm a wedding DJ. I minister weddings. I do a bunch of things. I play golf poorly. I'm a, a very avid You're also a husband owner. and a father. Yes, I'm a husband and a father. Yes, all those things too. Yes. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, I know as a busy mom, sometimes that, I, I think being a mom is my most important role, but it takes up a lot of time yeah. um, to raise your kids right, I think. And I think that's often an excuse people will have. They'll say, well, after the kids are grown or after I finish this or someday when work isn't as stressful. Right. Um, you're saying in this book, basically, some days never happening if you're waiting for a perfect, clear path. Right, yeah, it really, if you're waiting for your kids to grow up and leave the house, that really means that you're not chasing your dreams while your kids are watching you, which means your kids aren't watching what it's like to chase a dream. You can't mm. allow the raising of your children to halt the rest of your life and not to chase those things that you want. I think when you chase the things you want, you're more likely to be happy, inspiring, and the kids are going to see that and they're going to learn from it. So I think it's important that there's a balance in life. Right. My kids are so important to me. They're my most important thing. And right after that is my wife. But all those other things I do, I'm so glad my kids watch me do these things because mm. I think they're learning so much from doing it. And, and we can learn, too, because basically you are not saying that, okay, it's not as if, you know, you're independently wealthy and <laughs> you have hours of extra time or all these right. resources that the rest of us don't have. You're a school teacher, you're married, you have kids, and yet you're doing all these things. And it happens, you say, in small Step. So, for the example of, say, you want to write a book, what would your advice be to making someday today? Well, I was speaking actually in the green room to someone who was, who was on air earlier, and she told me she wanted to write a book, and I said, listen, today you need to write a sentence. Mm. And when you've done that first sentence, see if you can write a few more. If you write, say, ten sentences a day, at the end of two years, you will have a book. I can't guarantee the quality of the book is going to be excellent, but even if you write a book, that's better than what most people do, which is they say they want to write a book, and then they just die having never written a book. So it's the small accumulation over time. Incrementalism is what it's called, which mm -hmm. is tiny steps piled up over time will result in something extraordinary. So yes. start doing little bits 
one at a time. And I know I've interviewed Ariana Huffington many times, and she's done lots of great things, but she calls them um, micro steps or micro changes. The same thing that if you want to maybe lose 20 pounds, you're not doing that today. So right. it's uh, breaking it down, chunking it down. I would think that that's often now how teachers really help kids tackle a big paper, right? You always tell them, don't wait till last night. Right. Uh, I want you to write a couple sentences each day. So in a way, I guess you've been trained by helping youngsters help the rest of us who procrastinate too. I, I say sometimes that's my superpower really is that because I've been teaching 10 year olds for 25 years, <laughs> I've really understood that you can't teach long division in a day and you can't have kids understand it in a day. It has to be a step-by-step -step process. Yeah. So watching kids make those tiny steps in their lives, I encourage adults to do exactly the same thing. Well, and I wish children listened to this about silencing negative messages. We know kids can be mean sometimes, but for adults, and when you talk about someday is today, 22 simple, actionable ways to propel your creative life. One thing is, you say, silence those negative messages, and it might be from your family, your friends. It might even be from your teacher. Yeah, it really might. I think that sort of the people who don't like to write in the world, I think that somewhere along the way they ran into a teacher or a parent who told them they didn't know how to write or that they couldn't write and it's such a deeply personal mm. process that it turns them off to it. I think we, as important as time is, we have to protect our spirit too. Mm. We have to find ways to maximize the kindness we receive in the life and then also at the same time cut off all of that negativity as much as we can. There's people who really want to bring us down intentionally or unintentionally and when we can limit our contact with them or limit the impact they have on us. I think that can help us enormously. Well, you remind me of the story, uh, Katie Couric, everyone knows who she is. She grew up to be obviously one of the most famous news anchors in America, but she talked about that um, her first producer at CNN told her, um, you are awful on air. You'll never be on air, so just change your mind right now. This is not the career for you. Now, some people, I guess, are extraordinary. She turned that negativity into fuel, and she said she studied harder, she worked harder, and she obviously became great at what she does. Um, is there a, a trick to that, too? How do you flip those negative comments? <laughs> I think that's an extraordinary thing that she did. I think most people walk away from that dream, sadly. I think one of the important things you do is you have to build a team around you, whatever your creative dream is. Even if it's, I want a garden in the backyard that mm. I've always dreamed of, you need to have people around you who are honest but positive so that every time you hear one of those negative things, you know that you have a team of other people who understand what your dream is and are supporting you, even if that support is a phone call that says, how are the tomatoes growing? You know, little dreams like having a garden in the backyard, that, that's really meaningful to a lot of people. And oddly enough, those things tend not to happen unless we have people behind us pushing us along the way. Yeah, um, and you also say you need to be lousy when you first begin. And so another way that failure is really a step on the way to success. Like we can't expect to just be great at it when we start something. Right, my favorite story is Richard Branson, his first business, the guy who's sending people to space with Virgin Galactic. His first business was selling parakeets. And it failed because his parakeets bred too quickly and he couldn't sustain his population of parakeets in order to sell them quickly enough. Now, if he had just looked at that and said, I failed, I must now go you know, get a nine to five job at some company for the rest of my life, we would not have Richard Branson sending people to space these days. We have to recognize that every success story has enormous failure along the way. We seem to think sometimes that 
the successes are sort of planted on top of the mountain when mm. everyone really began at the bottom of the mountain with lots of mistakes along the way. Right. And you got to uh, also slash those time-wasting activities. We all have them. I mean, lots of people are going to say I'm busy. That's the most popular thing that probably anyone says. How are you? Busy. Right. But we're really all not that busy with stuff that we have to do would be your point. Right. I think that there's time in between those things. And then as I, I think there's just things that we do that we don't need to do. I was in a friend's pantry recently. And it was a remarkably organized pantry, which I appreciate because it's time saving. But there were all these labels all over the shelves. And I said, what is the purpose of the labels? And she said, it just makes me feel good to have things labeled. Yeah. And I said, do the labels help you remember where things are? And she said, no, it just makes me feel good to have the labels. And I think somewhere along the way, you saw someone's pantry with labels in it. And if the labels are helping you, that is one thing. But if you're monitoring and managing labels for the express purpose of feeling good about a room that you close the door on most of the time and never enter, you're probably investing time and energy in something you don't need to do. So really inventory, what do I do during my day? What is it meaning for me? What is it bringing to me? and cut out every single thing that doesn't mean anything to you. But I really love looking at the home edit and they always have labels, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was like, when I have more time, I'll do labels. They're saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, you know, I had a little experience with this where um, I wrote I wrote a book as well and m many people who watch this show or listen on our podcast, Kara's Cures, will know I wrote uh, a book called Finding Dad from Love Child to Daughter. I was urged a lot of times to write the story of how my father came to be um, and how we had this incredible relationship even though I grew up not knowing him and we kind of met each other under the glare of spotlights but I remember thinking I write every day I write stories every day but I don't write 70,000 words and an editor told me I just don't even want you to worry about the order I just want you to write um, little stories like a pearl oh. just tell me a story we'll string the necklace later so that's even just starting with something you know you can do I thought for me looking back that gave me the momentum like sure I can write down one story right yeah so smart like with writing you never have to write in order write the thing that you're excited about today. If you're looking to lose weight and improve, you know, the way you look or the way you feel, choose the thing that you're excited about. If you don't want to change your diet, but you're willing to get on a bike, well, get on the bike. Like Start worry there. about the diet later, or maybe never at all. Maybe riding the bike every day will get you where you need to go, so you can keep eating the food that you want. But do something. The someday is today is the idea that you have to get up now and take a step forward, and those steps will start to pile up for you. Yeah, and uh, so the motivation. What about rewards? How important is that? I know in school you're constantly giving kids, you know, little. Uh, class dojos or marbles or you know I think as as adults sometimes we lose our motivation is do we need to set up structure with rewards yeah we do we need to reward ourselves far more often than we ever do you know I have a friend named Jenny she just finished her first novel it's not published she hasn't even shown it to an agent or anything she just finished it and I said Jenny now you have to have a party and there has to be a banner at that party that says I wrote a book and you didn't and there needs to be your favorite foods and your favorite people and we need to cheer the fact that you actually finished a book. I know an author who said, I'm never celebrating till I get on the bestseller list, which is just crazy to me because we have to celebrate the steps along the way. We uh -huh. cannot wait until the ultimate goal happens because that will that will cause us to wait forever to celebrate and maybe never celebrate at all. Okay. And the other thing is you want to make sure that um, you are not doing things um, that don't matter, right? Like I mean, you mentioned the the border on your on your on your uh, 
corkboard, is that what it's called? Oh, at yes. school? Yeah, yes. so I mean, that kind of stuff, whether it be the labels or the corkboard or all this stuff that doesn't really get you to your dream. But a lot of us just do whatever's right in front of us the next thing, right? Right. And so your point is, most of the time, we're reacting, right? We're not creating. I love that if you do, if you flip the letters, react and create, like it turns around. So the idea that we're worried about what do I have to get done tonight, tomorrow, the next day, and we need to be thinking more about five years, like, you know, how are you going to feel after you got that book written? Right. Yeah, I think tragically that most people live lives of the paths of least resistance. They're like water down a mountain. They're doing the things that people have told them to do or sort of the things the world has pushed them into doing. Rather than sort of taking those hard steps, you know, the hard thing and the right thing are often the same thing, but I think people tend to just drift the other way. My favorite question to ask someone is not what do you do for a living, but tell me how you ended up in the job that you're in. Because mm. oftentimes their path is sort of tragically messy and irrelevant. It is, my sister had a job here, so I got a job here. And then if you ask them, what did you really want to do? That dream still exists. But again, the path of least resistance, the salary, the paycheck, the thing that they need supersede what they really want to do. Yeah, I love it. Chapter 22. So I'm skipping some spots here. So is it organized? Is it like we just kind of read one step at a time? Can we do like one little yeah, part at a time? Yes. Okay. So 22 is pessimists die knowing only that they were correct. Optimists thrive. Now, so we have to be a bit optimistic. What if you're wired with a little more skepticism? Well, science shows you that if you practice, you can actually become a more optimistic person. Okay. There's actually things you can do. The advantage of being an optimist is if we have something six months out, and you're assuming it's going to go poorly, and I'm assuming it's going to go well. Even if you're right and it does go poorly, you're going to suffer for six months worrying about it, assuming it's going to go poorly. I'm going to enjoy the next six months, presuming it's going to go well. Now, we're going to end up in the same place, but the path we take is so different. Optimists tend to be happier, more productive people. Even when we end up falling off the cliff in the end and being incorrect, that's irrelevant. We're both in the same place. But I think have a positive attitude along the way because that'll just make you a better person. So there's a chapter, too, that says 86,400 seconds. What's that? Is that how long? A year? A life? What, what is that? A day. That's a day? Yeah. Okay. Yes. See, I'm not a math student. What obviously. I love is that if you think about sort of, I don't know, Elon Musk or, you know, the richest person in the world, we all have the same amount of time that he does. Yes. You know, now he has the advantage of money, which means certain things are being done for him that we cannot do, you know, we have to do ourselves. But he also has to do a lot of things that we don't have to do. He has to sit in shareholder meetings and he has to fly all over the country. And even though he has a private jet, there is time that he's spending in the air getting off and on planes. He has disadvantages too. The equalizer is time. If we can maximize time in a significant way, then we can do the same kinds of things that these people who are doing extraordinary things can do. Social media, you have a love-hate with it because you have a lot of social media accounts. We should say you can follow and get lots of tips from at Matthew Dix or go to your website, MatthewDix.com. Yes. But so you obviously use social media, but you say it's also doom scrolling and a huge time waster for the majority of people. Yeah, I use social media and in most cases, social media uses other people. Mm. It, sucks you in. There's an algorithm designed to cause you to see a like and receive some dopamine in your brain, which causes you to want to have another like. We know all those likes are meaningless. You know, um, uh, you get 12 likes on something that you wrote six months from now. There's no memory of it. There's no lasting impact of it at all. So for me, it is I use Twitter as my news stream. I'm strategic about who I follow. And I just look at it for the day's news. You know, 
Facebook for me is I'm putting stuff into the world but never looking at it myself. I have no need to scroll through those things. Mm. I think the trap is we find ourselves in our lives with five or ten minutes and the easiest thing to do is the thing that is always in our hand rather than the thing that might spark joy or accomplish something or allow us to move forward. Yeah, I, I think I've learned a little bit from doing this business. We really do think in seconds, an entire news report on the evening news is about a minute and 15 seconds. That would be long. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we'll joke that here at the Channel 3 workout class, um, when they say we have to do 45 seconds of push-ups, we're like, okay, it's less <laughs> than one story. You know, like right. um, yeah. that kind of thing. So we really could use time. I mean, a lot of people think, well, if I had a couple of hours in the day, I would get this done. But you're saying just use those five minutes, use those 10 minutes. You might be amazed at how productive you are. Is there a way for those people who aren't naturally that way? Like, do you have any systems? Do you, do you make a list every morning? Yes. Well, what, what do you need to do? I encourage people to sit down now and make a list of all the things you could do in five minutes. And keep adding to the list as, you know, as the week goes on and you think, oh, I could do this in five minutes. And then make a list for ten minutes. So that when you have that five minutes, for me it is, it's time to leave and my son does not have his shoes on and he can't find them because each one is for some reason in two different rooms at all times. And so I'm standing by the door. And so do I have something to do in the three to five minutes it's going to take Charlie to find his shoes so I can get out the door? I always know in five minutes here's something that I can accomplish. In ten minutes here's something I can accomplish. So, and also taking tasks that you have and assuming you don't have to do them all at once. You don't have to complete the whole task or not do the task. Do part of the task and then you can finish it later. All right, let me just, I know we're not going to have um, much more time, so I want to encourage people to get the book, Someday is Today. But email is a huge, I mean, it was designed to be fast, right? You can get something instantaneously. But yes. now it's the bane of our existence. <laughs> and, I mean, just managing your email box can be a whole chore. So, uh, you have a quote in here that Sarah Jessica Parker says, I don't believe in email. I'm an old-fashioned girl. I prefer calling and hanging up. So <laughs> nine rules for making you more efficient with email and less of a jerk face. What do you do so that you're not falling down the email rabbit hole, so to speak? Well, first, don't fall behind. You know, inbox zero should be your goal, which means once you have 100 emails in your inbox, it's weighty and it's going to crush your soul in every way possible. Use the snooze function in email. It is going to help you enormously. Every email application has a snooze function where if you receive an email and it's relevant to you today, but it's going to be relevant in a month from now, snooze that email ahead to that day. Today, I received an email from you saying, here's how to come to the studio, here's what to do when you get here. I received it a month ago, rather than having it sit in front of me weighing down my inbox and my brain, I just forwarded it to today. So this morning I looked at my phone and that email came right back to me. What do you do? Is there a button to yeah. snooze? Yeah, it's called snooze. It's like right there in the Microsoft? It's right there, yeah, in all of them. So oh, we're going even to Gmail, Yahoo, whatever, every everyone? Every single one of them, yeah. All right, so uh, this is what I do, my non-tech tool. If you can't figure it out, just uh, Google, how do I snooze an email? It's going to show you. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so so those are all good tips. I've also heard, um, I, I've done this before. Um, I get a lot of email because of what I do for a living. Right. And some of it is really not relevant. Some of it is. But I took a tip from a CEO I interviewed, and he said he does um, email suicide once a while. He just presses delete on everything in the box. And he goes, if it's important enough, it's going to come back around. Yeah. Now, he's a CEO, so it might work differently for him. But mm -hmm. for a lot of us, the junk is not important. Right, yeah. And Another word is email bankruptcy, which is you can actually send an email to all of the people in your contact list saying, I'm declaring email bankruptcy. I'm oh. clearing it right now. If you are waiting on something from me, 
please send it again. People do that all the time. They do? Yeah. And what? Email bankruptcy. I've never heard of that. I want to do it right now. Yeah. And but then you... I want to close down for good and not reopen the <laughs> well, shop. <yeah>. No. <laughs> but what you'll discover is barely anyone will get back to you, which is another one of those we see an email and we think it's important. You know, like those borders around a bulletin board or those labels in a pantry. And it turns out that email was irrelevant. Yeah. And it never mattered at all. So declare email bankruptcy. See who actually needs to be speaking to you and who doesn't care if you go away. So basically, there's so many great practical tips in here. I want to flip it on its head for just a minute in that... You know, we're also in this world of stressing how important self-care is. And you do talk about sleep, exercise, all those things to be more productive. Um, so you do. But, you know, the, the, the reverse of that is I think we can send confusing messages. We're like, make every moment count. And, well, we don't have to be human doings. We need to be human beings. We right. need to make time for joy. We need to make time for being. Yeah. What do you say to that? Is well, that being productive when we actually do the art of doing nothing? It is. I really believe that. I think one of the tragedies of this world is that people spend most of their time thinking about their spouses and partners and children and parents and colleagues and clients and customers. And I don't think people very often spend time just thinking about themselves. As a storyteller, I'm actually really curious about myself because I always need to find new stories. I like to say storytellers are self-centered in a positive way, mm. meaning we afford ourselves time to just think about us. I think most people don't do that, which leads to a life that sort of has a lack of direction or the direction is focused on everyone but themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you are doing all the things that I'm describing, the goal is to find your happy place. You know, my wife wrote the foreword to the book to indicate to people he sounds like a crazy person, but he plays a lot of golf and he plays with the kids a whole lot. And we have dinners together every single night and he gives me plenty of time. So I never want to give the impression that I'm just sort of a crazy workaholic and here's how to do it. Right. I want to say, I'm able to accomplish all those things I want to accomplish, and I have plenty of time for my friends and family, too. I think that's so important. Yeah, so that's the goal, is that it's 22 simple, actionable ways. You're doing structured productivity so that you can actually have more leisure time, more fun, more things that you would care about, not just sitting there for hours completing a list, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, yeah. and you're not doing everything in one day. That famous saying of you can have all things, you can have all things at once. We need to be a little patient and prioritize. Yeah, we do. We have to look ahead. You know, if every single day was designed to make me happy on that day, I'd be playing golf and eating cheeseburgers. Those would be the two things I would do every single day. But looking ahead, I know that's not really where I want to go. That will not get me to the place I want to be. So nothing wrong in a single day playing golf and eating a cheeseburger, but it can't be every day. Mm -hmm. We have to have that forward vision, those goals ahead that we're aiming for so that we can make sure we have that balance we're talking about. So in closing, I'll say that I always want to know, how do you teach this to your kids, right? So you are actually an elementary school teacher. And uh, do you teach this to children in a way that makes sense to them? I mean, we see kids do that all the time, that as soon as they aren't in a structured activity, they want to just sit on the couch and scroll, or they want to do nothing. Right. And uh, yeah. that can be irritating for parents. Yes. So one of the things is we didn't give our kids phones. So they're 13 and 10, and they're the only kids they know that don't have phones, but they're very happy. So keep the technology away as long as you can. Mm -hmm. But the message I give my kids all the time is take care of your future self. I tell my son and my daughter, do something now, get something ready for tomorrow, do your homework now so that your future self is happier. So 
do something positive today, take mm -hmm. a tiny little step forward so tomorrow's better. And my son does it now, like those shoes, for example, he is more likely now to put them right where they go. And he has said to me, he said, I'm putting them here because I'm taking care of my future self, which is really just to say, I don't want to be stuck searching for them tomorrow, so I'm going to take care of them today. Someday is today. It's a nice way of saying it, rather than you know put them there and your mom's yelling at you because she doesn't want them and Sue's up in rooms like, why do you always do that? Instead, right. say you know you're making it about them yes. and, and you're showing them the the reward, which is uh, the same thing that we can end on is how what can we do today to take care of our future selves? So if you want to lose weight, you want to write a book, you want to do anything that's not going to get done in the next hour, right. we're going to have to take these simple actionable steps yeah. to do a little bit each day. Do one today. Do one thing. That yeah is doable that will get you closer to the goal and momentum is a big thing you know Jerry Seinfeld writing jokes he said the reason he writes jokes every day is because on a calendar he started Xing off the day he wrote a joke and pretty soon he couldn't imagine breaking that string of X's yes so you start doing that every single day and suddenly you can't imagine not doing that little thing over the course of a day and 21 days I say it's 21 days to build a habit. I right. don't know if you found that to be true in your work, but if you all of a sudden say, I'm going to write a sentence a day for 21 days, you're going to have several paragraphs written, A, at the end of 21 days, but you might just not be able to go on without writing a sentence or two. Yeah, and it'll feel good. It'll feel just as good as whether you're having a cup of coffee in the morning or, you know, you're, you're meditating. It's just going to be another thing that you're doing that is purposeful. Yes. You know, that's going to help you. And I'll just throw in one more tip. We've had an, another author on, but uh, that I've, I'm sure it's in your book too, uh, but habit stacking, right? You're already doing stuff every single day. Right. So sometimes you're like, I meant to do that, but I forgot because it's not part of our routine. So if you want to, you mentioned, a lot of us don't ever forget to have coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. That might be the best time that you're going to promise yourself, even on your phone, you're going to write that one sentence a day. Um, yeah. Because you're already doing it, right? To right. so pair a new habit with an old habit. Yeah. I now brush my teeth and work on my balance because I've learned that if you have better balance, you actually live longer because falls lead to hospital visits for older folks and that often yeah. is, leads to their demise. So you try to balance while you brush your teeth? I, well, I, two minutes, one minute on one foot, I stand on my right foot and brush my teeth and see if I can stay on the right foot for the whole time and then I switch to the left foot. So I'm really, I'm really actively pursuing my balance while brushing my teeth, habit stacking, taking advantage of that time rather than just staring into nothing while brushing my teeth. That makes sense. All right, so the uh, book again is Someday is Today, 22 Simple Actionable Ways to Propel Your Creative Life, written by Matthew Dix. Um, so you can find it uh, anywhere books are sold, right? Yes. Yep. Anywhere books are sold. And we encourage everyone to follow you, I'm sure, for some great inspiration on social media at Matthew Dix or go to your website, MatthewDix.com. I hope everyone listening, the whole goal of Kara's Cures is that we would talk about the cutting edge of wellness. I think the ultimate way of being well is feeling like you're accomplishing your dreams. So I hope that people take advantage of a way to accomplish their dreams. Me too. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day, everyone, and be well. And if this has helped you, uh, Please share the content on your social media channels. You can also follow me at Kara Sundlin. Have a great day and be well.